Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Friday, September 29th, final weekend of the month of September, first weekend of the NFL, uh, where it really starts to get serious. I mean, we're week four now. If you're not in the mix and you're fading fast, you can start to write the season off. We'll talk a lot with our guest about the NFL this weekend. Adam Chernoff from Right Angle Sports. A lot of gambling expertise. I'll save best vet, best bets for the end of the podcast. Thursday did not go great. Um, I, You know, what went better was our men's league basketball game, which I'm sure you guys are excited to hear about. Uh, it was certainly closer than the Packers getting their doors blown off by the Detroit Lions at home. By the way, Lambeau Mystique, totally gone, right? I mean, you remember, they lost last year in Week 17 to the Lions. The Jets went into Lambeau, beat them last year. The Titans went into Lambeau and beat them. And then the Lions uh, jumped to, like, what, a 27-3 lead over the Packers? This was over. I know they cut it to 10, but it never felt like, for a second like the Packers were going to be back in that game. Um, and I had to go to my men's basketball league game at halftime. And I know you guys care deeply. Um, but this is the league where I saw Mozgov. He goes to my gym, plays hoops. He said he was going to play. And he's in the league. He's on the team with a bunch of free agents, just randos who signed up. So uh, our team shows up early and they start texting, hey, Mozgov's team has two seven-footers. Uh, and I show up and I'm like, geez, they're big. Um, the guard play was spotty. Uh, they did get the win in their game. And then we played the other team that's good. And we see these guys. They got a lot of um, fringe division two guys. Uh, and it was tough. You know, Gray Foxes, we got the target on our back, kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, um, we roll up with our own jerseys. Everybody else is wearing like the pennies. And, um, you know, I, I did not play well, so I'm not out here uh, hyping myself. But, I mean, I'm out here guarding a 19-year-old. And this guy cooks me on a move. I'm like, gee, who the hell is this guy? 19, you know, and your boys. <laughs> I, I, was, I had like cotton mouth at one point, early second half. I was so gassed. I was like, what is happening? We were down nine late, came back and won because we're a team. That's what teams do. Um, this team was a – our opponent was a collection of talent, individual guys. Awesome. I mean, I played with them before. They're good, but they're not a team. And I'm not going to lie. I watched Detroit Lions, and, folks, that is a team. 
Like, there is no, like, get me the rock, no wide receiver diva action on this team. Uh, you got the humble rookie tight end, Jared Goff, just out here making plays. Uh, Montgomery comes back, goes for a buck 32. Gibbs, who everybody's waiting for. Gibbs looks so good in spurts against the Chiefs. And everybody's like, oh, we got to feed Gibbs. Got uh, 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 uh. Dan Campbell has a plan. It's heavy Montgomery, and you saw that drive after Green Bay cut it to 10. It's... A uh, dump off to Montgomery. It's a dump off to Gibbs. And then it's run the football between the tackles. Let our offensive line just maul. And listen, at this point, I could come out here and trash Jordan Love and hammer Jordan Love. Oh, he's he's garbage. He's not any good. I'm just saying, last week at home to the Saints, they fall down 17-0 and should have lost that game. This week, they fall down 27-3. And we could defend, oh, the offensive line's banged up. Okay, fine. Uh, you can do that all you want. Um... We've seen Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl with a depleted offensive line look like trash. Um, folks, let's be real. Jordan Love looked totally spooked in the pocket, just absolutely rattled, sacked five times, pressured on more of half. I believe the number was half of his dropbacks in the first half he was under pressure. Aiden Hutchinson felt like he was getting, like he was in the huddle. That's how, uh, how much penetration he was getting off the edge. It doesn't look good for the Packers. It's still early. There's no need to panic. You know, Bakhtiari sounds like, I believe he's going on IR. Rob can check me on that. Um, it was good to see Christian Watson back. Aaron Jones crushed my fantasy team, all three of them, with a non-factor. Uh, of course, we sat Montgomery. Uh, my son, not happy with his decision. Um, but I don't know. Detroit Lions, you know, we, we have a clear upper tier in the NFC. It is the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. And I believe in that next tier all alone, is the Detroit Lions. I don't think they're quite in that upper crust. Um, I know they got the win over the Chiefs. There was no Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Let's, let, let's slow down. This was a nice win over a depleted Packers team. They beat a Falcons team that has no offense, uh, and they did lose to Seattle. So the defense is a little sus. But the Detroit Lions have proven, to me, they are a clear fourth-best team in the NFC. Yes, narrowly ahead of the Saints. I mean, uh, until Derek Carr returns. Like, Derek Carr's out. Jameis Winston's going to start. Uh, Carr won't even be active. They've got brought. I don't know who the backup is, but it ain't. It's not uh, Carr. So until Carr comes back, I can't put the Saints there. Rob, I've got the Detroit Lions now fourth in the NFC, and we'll see what happens with the Cowboys this weekend. You'll we'll get the best bets. I've talked about the Patriots all week, um, and then after that they got the Niners. The Cowboys do, and then after that they have the Chargers, who are off a bye week. So this is a tough stretch for Dallas. And um, the, the dreams of home field advantage in Jerry World are going to fade fast if they can't beat the Patriots. And Detroit slowly climbing the charts. Um, I don't know, Rob. This looks like a pretty darn good Detroit Lions team. Absolutely. And I think that's fair to say that they, right now, if you were to really classify the hierarchy in the NFC, that four seems about right. What I will say about them, though, is that to me, they have more potential than the Dallas Cowboys just, you know, on an upward trajectory because. This Detroit Lions team, what you can say about them during the Dan Campbell era is it hasn't been good. Just point blank period. I believe that they only won like four of the first 25 games. Like it was just bad. Mm. And then last season, they start off really poorly again and they go on a run. And just when they get to a point in the season where like, hey, they could sneak into the playoffs. Like look out, Detroit's won, yeah, I think six in a row and they're right there. They give up 320 yards rushing to the Carolina Panthers and effectively end any hopes of making the postseason. This season, they answer him with all this fanfare and they get opening night on against Kansas City in Arrowhead. They shock the defending champions. Obviously, you know, a lot of drops there. Shout out to Kadarius Tony, Played a big role, but they got, it, they got it done. They follow that up 
with the biggest home opener, I think, in their franchise for at least like the last 10, 15 years against Seattle. They lose to a average Seattle team at home in a game they had no business Overtime. losing. But yeah. they, they, I mean, Detroit, if Detroit's going to get to where they want to go, that's a game you got to win, right? Yeah. Especially coming after a big win against Kansas City. And then last night, they go up 27 to 3. They look like they're on cruise control, and Green Bay suddenly cuts it down to 10. And credit to Detroit for settling down, riding the ship, so to speak. And pulling away there in the fourth and making sure it was never really in doubt. They are slowly but surely learning how to handle success. And that's the biggest issue when you have an upstart team like the Detroit Lions team. Because history has not been kind to Detroit, right? They they haven't made the playoffs in six seasons. They have one single playoff victory in the last 65 years. They have not won their division since 1980. Yes, they haven't not. Who was a, was uh, that Scott Mitchell? Uh, one they, playoff win? They have one post. They oh, won a playoff wow. game in 31 years ago against the Cowboys. Against the oh, okay. That might have been Scott Mitchell, Herman Moore. I don't know. I'm throwing a shot in the dark. I, I, I'd wow. have to look it up myself. That's okay. That's way worse than the Jets. <laughs> that's worse than the Browns. That is worse. It's worse than my Raiders. All right. Detroit hasn't Shoot. won their division since 93 when it was called the NFC Central. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have a history of losing, of mediocrity. And when these things kind of flip the script, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, because you're not used to dealing with being the hunted as opposed to the hunter. So far, the, the previous two instances where they had a chance to really cement their status as the next up and coming team, they fizzled. Right. You know, the the loss against Carolina was big. And then. The home opener this season hurts a little bit because in the NFC, when it's, you know, only two teams that are really you would consider upper echelon tier teams, which would be Philadelphia and, and San Francisco, you know, you got a chance to sneak in and maybe get a bye because your, your division's not that great. And they dropped the ball. So in this case, it looked like they were primed to do it again. And credit to them, they didn't. They, they are slowly becoming what you would hope that they would have become. All that hype that we had in the offseason, them getting more bets than anybody to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, those kind of things, it seemed far-fetched at the time to me, but now you see why everyone was so excited about it. If they can maintain the level head and not allow themselves to get drawn into the roller coaster that is the NFL season, they could be right there, you know, come December. Well, they're going to have to do it because they're losing Ben Johnson. That OC is going to get a job somewhere. He called such a good first half. Um, I was at the dinner table with the kids, and I see the um, reverse developing. And before the reverse even happened, you could see the entire Green Bay defense sucked to one side. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that's a big play. And Raymond breaks off like a 40-yard run. Ben Johnson's in his bag early. Rob, we did do this after the Chiefs game. I looked at the schedule. I said, "Uh uh-oh. Lions are about to get hot, but then they lost to Seattle. We kind of put them aside. Next up, they host Carolina. They will be probably seven-point favorites, maybe more. Okay? Uh, Then they are at Tampa. I would not be surprised if they were favored on the road if Tampa continues to swoon. Then the big one. At Baltimore, that was so. So they should be. I'll, I'll, I'll say they should be five and one going to Baltimore. Then the Raiders, your Raiders at home, uh, Monday Night Football. Listen, man, they'll go into the bye. Uh, uh, no disrespect, Rob. I think they'll be six and two. And at that point, you got to seriously start thinking, like, who else is winning the division? I think we could write the Bears off. 
Even if they win this weekend, I think the Bears are toast. Would you agree? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Vikings beat the Panthers this weekend. I would give them a slim chance at 1-3 and three to come back in the division. And you remember, they still have two uh, against the Lions. So they'll, they'll have definitely a chance to make up ground. We're not done with the Vikings, right? No, I mean, they got a lot of talent. It's just they got to close these games. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we're left with the, the Packers, who I know people want to like. And there's a lot to like. And Jordan Love's been up and down. And I don't know, Rob. I, I personally did not see it. Uh, they now have Raiders, Broncos, Vikings, Rams. So like a, a potential get get right uh, zone. They do have, it looks like a buy now. Oh, no, they have Monday Night Football next. Um, hmm. Against my Against Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So uh, overall, I'd say big, big, big win for the Detroit Lions. And um, I think I, I start to believe, what do they call it? Restore the roar? Is that what the phrasing is? <laughs> I, that, if it is, I like it. It's clever. But I, I personally do not know that. I don't know. Have you given any thought to the Jared Goff redemption? You know, he was kind of cast aside by the Rams. Oh, come on. They get, they maxed out. They got to a Super Bowl. He's not a winner. And everybody focused on what he couldn't do. And I don't know, man. Jared Goff looks he looks like a top 15, maybe top 12 quarterback in the league right now. He's just – Ben Johnson has a lot to do with it. But the offensive line, like, I don't know. You you look at – I don't know what his Goff's making salary-wise. But I'll tell you right now, I'd rather have Goff than Daniel Jones at that salary. Like, it's not even close, right? Yeah, I'd rather have uh, Jared Goff than Jimmy Garoppolo, that's for sure. I would uh, rather – same. Yeah. And, and now it helps that he's behind that line, right? That offensive line is stacked. Yeah, but he, he was making some throws last night. I mean, once it got to down to 10 and the, the definitive drive where they ended up punching it in, I think it was like a 75-yard drive. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, Montgomery punched it in for his third touchdown. The, the, the biggest plays on that drive, even though it was very methodical, were first down play actions where mm-hmm. Goff had to get outside the pocket and fire like 15, 17 yard strikes. And that's ultimately what kept the Packers defense on their heels. It's what prevented them from run blitzing, which they had been doing most of the third quarter. And that's why they were so sluggish Detroit's offense. Jared Goff made the plays when he had to. Yeah. And and even more importantly, he bounced back from a very, very ugly yes. first quarter interception. So this team is is learning how to, to, you know, what good teams do. They don't get themselves in these holes. They don't allow themselves to have, you know, quicksand moments where the bad things start stacking up on top of each other. They're pulling themselves out of it before it's too late. And if they can keep doing this, the sky's the limit for Detroit. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point on. Goff bouncing back after that early pick. You know, your head was down, on the road. Lambeau's all fired up. Um, the Lions defense holds there, and then Goff comes back with an incredible drive down the field. Amaran St. Brown touchdown, and the route was on. All right, let's get to our guest, Adam Chernoff from Right Angle Sports. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. 
Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome back to Straight Fire. A guest you know, he's been on the pod many times. He's moving up in the gambling world with right angle sports. Um, Adam Chernoff just giving out winners left and right like it's Halloween candy in September. How are you, Adam? I'm good. We'll use that as a tagline. You said it, not me. So we'll yeah, yeah. we'll clip that out and then we'll use it on our end. Adam obviously does his uh, morning podcast every day. It's like a market report. It's like the C. Are you being called like the CNBC of the sports gambling NFL market? That's probably too high. I don't even know if that is high praise. Where does CNBC sit? But um, no, I, I think it's become uh, um, more so like, 10 to 15 minutes is part of a morning routine. That's what mm-hmm. I get a lot. People are like, I listen to this every morning doing something. It depends yeah. when you wake up or how it goes on the way to work, walking the dog in the shower, whatever it is that it's become, it's become part of lots of people's morning routine yeah. is what it is as an update. And it's essentially like, Hey, here's what's happening with the market, whether it's moving half a point this way, why the total's going down and just bare bones, no takes. So that's why we have them on now for the real takes uh, spitting hot fire on straight fire. Um, Adam, it's a weird weekend. So um, I, I know this is all baked into the number and we're not supposed to like factor it in. But last weekend we saw three big time upsets of favorites of seven or more. I believe three of them lose outright. And I think a lot of people are a little skittish this weekend. Like, Hey, our upset's going to happen. A lot of tight lines, only one huge spread. When you look at the board, is this one of those? Ooh, I, 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 I need to keep the powder dry. Uh, I'm not going to fire that heavily this weekend. Not because of that. Just because for, there were three things. One injuries are all over the place and it's not so much injuries that are like one key guy in one spot where you're navigating. It's groups of injuries at certain positions. So that's making it tough to really fire on a lot of things. Two would be that there's a lot of stuff that got bet that I thought was really good really, really early. A couple totals, a side or two got bet really, really early. And then three, to kind of emphasize the point you're making, there's been a lot of late week money on bigger underdogs that has been interesting. So I'm thinking about Jets Chiefs. I'm thinking about Patriots Cowboys. Uh, a lot of games like that waiting to see a lot of Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon moves have been really common this year. Hmm. So kind of navigating around those two. So it's a weird week and just how the matchups have set up overall. So one thing I like that you do is you identify where the money's coming in on and like what's happening. And 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but last week I could have swore I saw maybe it was a tweet from you or something that money was coming in on Washington. And Adam, I was such a wuss. Last Monday, I was like, Buffalo, smash spot. This is a horrible matchup. for, And money came in on Washington. So I got skittish late in the week. Didn't put it in the contest. Uh, same thing with Denver, Miami. I love Miami right out of the gate. And then you start taking all the outside noise in. And oh, no Armstead, no Waddle. And respected money. Um, I don't know. Just talk about the, this whole respected money thing and and first impressions and, and, and what that means to you. So it depends really where you're coming from perspective-wise. I think a good example of that, like you mentioned, the Denver-Miami game. It was a comment that I got um, once or twice through Twitter as the week went on. I didn't have uh, a firm position on the side. We were really big on the over, which came through. But with the side specifically, I got a couple comments that were like, I really think Miami's the better team. I want to bet on the Dolphins, but boy, this sure seems fishy. Like, why isn't this number higher with all this uh, percentages and respected money? Uh, that's kind of where people go when they hear that. A couple things to think about is, first of all, if you're trying to make the statement that a line is fishy, that's like the big thing, right? You see it online. <laughs> when you're looking at those percentages that are like the bet splits from certain sites, um, that really represents a lot of things looking backwards. And most of the time represents a single sports book's take within a much bigger market. And most sports books in the market today look at one or two very respected sports books, and they just adjust their numbers to be at the same price as those sports books. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, if it's a recreational customer base, primarily at a sports book, they're going to bet very similarly in every single game that's posted based on the situation, popular teams, popular quarterbacks. It's always going to go one way. The problem is that those people that are betting, which people are using to identify what is fishy or not, they aren't more skilled at losing than the average better, right? They're just okay. betting into whatever they want every week for non-impactful amounts, and they're going to lose the vig or the juice over time. So when people are using that to say, like, I want to uh, respected money is scaring me away here because X percent of bets are on this side. They're using something that's kind of irrelevant to okay. gauge something else within the market, which doesn't yeah. make sense. And so it's really tough when you're really diving into that to make your decisions late week. You're putting yourself in a bad spot. Yeah, um, I would say it's more of I, I don't even really look at the bet split, but I think Miami was six and a half. And then on by game day, wasn't it like five down to five and a half? And I'm like, geez, I know it's not a key number of seven, but who's betting the Broncos? I just didn't get it. Um, but let's take a look at one for this week. Okay. So line comes out Pittsburgh, Houston. Okay. Yep. Um, I think I saw three and I'm like, okay, everybody, you know, you read the narratives or you listen to them. CJ Stroud's amazing. Cause he torched the Jags. Look at the numbers he's put up. And then people forget like the indie game was 31, 10 in the fourth quarter. And then he starts, maybe it was 31, three starts stacking against prevent D garbage, you know, like, Let's just not overreact on Stroud to ripping apart Jacksonville. And then you just look at what happened when they faced a pass rush the first two weeks and he got sacked 11 times. And, and Adam, I know all this stuff's out there and I'm not splitting the atom. To me, Pittsburgh handles this easily. They dominate the line of scrimmage. And I don't understand. I see money coming in and it's now down to Pittsburgh two and a half. I'm like, well, I got a dumb number. Do I? Am I going to wuss out again when it comes, comes time for the contest? Okay, so the big thing here is that the respected money, if we're going to deem it that way, the bets that move this market, right? We're early in the week. So that's when it's a lot easier to influence a market. But also second, 
they liked the Texans at four and a half. They liked the Texans at four. Here's another problem that you get into. So people will see this, right? They're looking at the game now. It is Texans plus three. And they're like, wow, X percent is on this team coming in this way. And and they use that percentage to represent what's happening now. The problem is that what happened and what mattered was at four and a half and four. It's a very different story at three. And if it gets lower than three, we're almost certainly going to see Pittsburgh money. So there could very often, as is the time, there'll be respected money on both sides. It's not just a one or the other. It's the number that really, really matters. And so you're absolutely right. When I look at this now, if I could get four and a half, like it was early week, I'd probably like Houston too. That number was gone within minutes. And so now you have to look at this very differently and saying like, where is this going to go? And I agree. If if this is where we're looking at right now as we're speaking, I could only agree with you and look at Pittsburgh. Not saying that that's a bet, but right. it's a very different story than what we saw three days ago. And the other thing is people are hearing this. Well, where, where was it? Four and a half? Where was that? So let's be clear. Like DraftKings obviously uh, is a sponsor of the podcast, but like the place where it's four and a half is probably, I'm guessing, offshore or in Vegas, where like 95% of our audience doesn't have access to. Would you, is that safe to say or no? Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see that like usually you'll get a big wave of movement in NFL sides and totals immediately after it opens. There'll be people that take it Sunday night. It'll be up at four or five different spots and you'll see a bunch of movement Sunday night. Monday morning, You'll see a lot of totals. There'll be a group that usually bets a lot of overs on Monday morning for a lot of like the really sort of obvious spots. You'll see those totals go first thing Monday morning. There'll be a wave of sides that comes in after. And then you'll have another wave of groups to come in and play Tuesday morning. And that's just as the market populates. Once Monday night football is over, you, you get the other games that are lined then Tuesday morning. And so you get kind of Sunday night, a Monday morning window, Tuesday morning window, and then now you're having these Thursday and Friday afternoon groups that are firing, and that's really impacting the market. So that's where you're looking at this this line move. You have to kind of put it in context to when during the week it's happening and not just jump to a conclusion that whatever percentage or respected money that is being reported mm -hmm. represents everything as a whole because there's a lot of layers to it. So would your advice be um... – Hey, don't look at bet splits, people. I know it is an easy catnip at some of these gambling sites and on talk shows and all this stuff. But would you just say you, you disregard bet slips altogether or maybe it's a small piece of the pie? My advice would be that if you're using it to dictate where you're betting, especially later in the week, you're kind of putting yourself in a difficult situation because you're using something that represents something that happened a lot earlier in the week. And maybe at sports books, you're not looking at to dictate your decision when you should be looking at what is currently happening. You have to remember that those bet slips don't specify the number that it was bet at. It doesn't specify the sports book that it was bet at necessarily. It tries to imply that whatever sports book is reporting it is moving the market. But nine times out of 10, those moves are originating at other sports books. And that sports book that's reporting the splits is just moving to stay in line. So you yeah. can be very misled by a lot of these splits and you shouldn't let it dictate the bets that you were making all of the time. That yeah. can put you in a pretty bad spot. So one more thing on Houston, Pittsburgh. And again, this is not uh, splitting the atom, but I I'll I'll lead it into something else. So uh, D'Amico Ryans is the head coach of the Texans. He was at San Francisco. San Francisco faced Pittsburgh in the opener. Pittsburgh could do nothing. I think they had one first down and like the two minute warning in the first half. 
I know Houston doesn't have the personnel, but is this is it logical to think D'Amico Ryans was on the horn with San Fran earlier this week, got the macro overview, here's what you need to do, and uh, again, I don't think it's going to be a perfect game plan. They don't have the talent. Stingley's out. Um, but is it safe to assume there will be something that Ryan's will apply based on his buddies in San Fran kicking Pittsburgh's butt earlier this year? Yeah, interesting angle. I couldn't speak specifically for whether or not he was in contact with them. That's certainly something that is common to see or hear with other coaches in certain spots. Um, so I, I can't speculate there, but I think you're you're right in the sense that it's a similar defensive scheme, obviously with a lot less talent. Um that was really in week one dictated by the pass rush up front. And so Houston pass rush, much different level than the 49ers pass rush overall. And so yes and no. It's certainly an interesting thought and in how there could be that familiarity. But I wouldn't go as far to say that that is probably like the overwhelming factor and they're going to have the same amount of success. I bring up familiarity because it's killed me, Adam. The first three weeks, I'm a freaking idiot. I see it, I talk about it, and then I forget to apply it. For for instance, Jonathan Gannon was with the Eagles. Yep. Magically, they give the Arizona Cardinals three matchups against the NFC East to open the season. Familiarity. He's coached against these guys. He knows what their tendencies are. Now, I know hmm. enemy comes in, and it's a little different at Washington. I get, but he knows the players, knows the, most of the schemes. Teams aren't radically changing in one offseason. Gannon goes 3-0 against the spread. And wins outright against Dallas. I had I lost that in Survivor. Now Gannon faces a team he's not as familiar with. San Francisco 49ers. I know this line's 14. I know this is all baked in. There's no, no, no nothing special here that I'm saying. But this idea that Gannon and his defense, which knew intimately, hey, we face these guys. Uh, our guys know what's going on. Now you're facing the Niners. And I know they're in the division. But I don't think Philly played San Fran last year. Uh, at least I don't think, I mean, there was a playoff game, but, you know, that was yeah. a purdy injury. Um, I don't know. Anything there for you? I like San Fran this week as four, at 14. Oh, so I agree with you. I like San Fran at 14. I, it's an interesting thought. I haven't gone kind of that far to think about that, but you're right in saying that within the matchups. A couple things that I've noticed here. First, Arizona and Gannon, whether it was entirely him, whatever the situation is within that team, there's no doubt they're playing extremely hard. You can see it visibly on the field and the way that he's kind of spoke about the team wanting killers being super aggressive. Like it's really, really different for him specifically. He was always kind of the keep everything in front, take it easy, make teams work their way down the field. It's very different for Arizona. And so that's certainly something that stands out. He's got a lot of effort in all three of these games. And so that familiarity angle, that's certainly interesting. I hadn't considered that in terms of agreeing with San Francisco, I think the extra rest and prep for San Francisco within this coaching matchup is going to go a very, very long way. I think that that matters. I think that's, as you mentioned, priced into an extent. But what Shanahan's offense does extremely well is exploit mismatches in the defensive front as well as within the secondary. Really good from the run game, isolating matchups, getting wide receivers in favorable positions, getting them open, yards after the catch. When you think about how this Arizona defense is played, like they're overplaying everything to a huge extent. Up front on the line, linebackers are flying around. Like there's just a ton of emotion and aggression and speed that's flying all over the place. I think Shanahan plays off of that really, really well within these matchups. And you give him a few extra time to kind of dial things in. And if you're playing the familiarity angle, like you said, you kind of flip it now. He knows this Arizona personnel. That makes things a lot different. 
I think San Francisco has a lot of success on offense mm-hmm. just because of this aggression scheme that we're seeing, which is so different for Arizona. Uh, one more is uh, Rams and McVeigh. They were expected to do horrible. I think you were leading the charge on how bad they would be this year. Um, and you were spot on. Like, they don't have a lot of talent. But open up against Seattle. Familiarity, McVeigh owns uh, Carroll. They destroy them. Familiarity against Shanahan. I know he doesn't have a lot of success, but they did cover with that fluky field goal. They step out of the comfort zone in week three, and they can't do anything at all against the Bengals. Just ineptitude left and right. I, what were they, one for 10 on third down? Um, and, and they end up losing. They did get the push. I think I'm going to be on the Colts this week. I think I heard it was you first to say that this is the third road game in four weeks for the Rams. And they did not stay in the Midwest. They went back. I believe to the West coast. I saw a, a tagline on the Rams website from like thousand Oaks, which is Interesting. Out here in LA. So, I mean, I, it's not confirmed. I just saw the tagline. Maybe the reporter didn't travel. I don't know, but it looked like the Rams went from the West coast to Cincinnati back on a short week. And now they're going back to Indy. I kind of like the Colts this week. What do you think? I, I think we can see both offenses have success. And again, you're right on the familiarity. This one, I have a little more insight into. And so that week one game against Seattle, uh, the defensive scheme that Seattle put forth on the field in week one, as well as what San Francisco did in the first half specifically, was almost identical in how they wanted to play the Rams. And there's a lot from Shanahan post week two where he was saying how upset he was with how they played defensively in the first half. And then we saw the flip made at halftime. A lot of changes. 49ers shut him down. Lou Anarumo, one of the best defensive coordinators, week to week game planning but also in-game adjustment-wise, he's really well-renowned for that. He Again, like you mentioned, 0 of 10 before that late drive where they scored a touchdown to get the push on third down, just 200 yards total, and more than half of that came from just three plays out of three and a half quarters. And so looked a lot different for the Rams once Stafford wasn't able to get the ball out really quickly, once there was a little bit of pressure on the wide receivers. Colts aren't necessarily a step up in class in any way, much more the opposite. So I think we see the Rams offense look a lot better than it did on Monday night. And I think the Colts offense looks a lot better with Anthony Richardson under center. And this is really going to give the Rams defense a lot of trouble as well, especially with the Colts O-line a lot healthier too. And so if I had to look for anything, I'd look towards points in that game um, more so than I would decide. I'm assuming the uh, the masses are going to want action on Buffalo-Miami game of the week. Um, uh, Miami looks incredible. Uh, I already took Buffalo at minus, three, minus two and a half. Uh, I'm curious where you come in on this game. I know like the Josh Allen's nine and one against um, uh, against Miami. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. It feels like the defense of Buffalo will be by far the toughest uh, that – the Dolphins have faced, but Patriots kind of slowed them down. And and I think, I don't even love Buffalo this season. I feel like Buffalo can hang and probably win this. I'm I'm torn on this one. I'm with you that if, if I was forced to pick a side, I could only look at Buffalo minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think back to the playoff game, Skylar Thompson started for the Dolphins. Bill, Bill's closed 14 and a half point favorites. That's right. It's two and a half now. So I get that the Dolphins just hung 70. I get that Tua is in. I get that they're much improved versus where they were a year ago. Like, I get it. Boy, are we going to say that that's 12 and a half points improved versus where they were just three games ago? When you look at it, like, I don't know. I don't know if you can get there as good as they have looked. 
But on the other hand, something I'd say about the Bills defense. So Sam Howell with Washington last week, not much there to threaten you deep. Jimmy Garoppolo in week two, not much there to threaten you deep. Zach Wilson in week one, not much there to threaten you deep. And the couple glimpses we have had where the secondary of the Bills was tested a little bit, looks like everybody back there is just a little bit, maybe a step slower than they Mm. have been, maybe a little bit weaker than they have been as well. Like it's just, it's not the same Bills secondary that was so dominant that we've seen in a couple of years prior. McDermott takes over. The front seven looks amazing. Don't get me wrong. But if two is getting the ball out of his hand in 2.3 seconds per snap, it doesn't matter how great you are at bringing pressure. It doesn't matter how great this Bills front seven has looked. They're not getting home to disrupt Tua or this offense. And so I think this secondary for, for Buffalo is really going to get tested. And I'm worried that it's not as good as it has been in years past, and maybe that shows through. So as much as I want to get Buffalo here, again, Jason, it's just a week like this. I just can't get to it uh, with Buffalo at two and a half. So you have put out some really good videos as well. I think I saw one on the Raiders ahead of the Steelers. I'm curious, um, like when you're doing these videos, you're obviously breaking down film. Tua has been great. He's now the favorite to win the MVP. We got it, okay? How much is this... Like if it's 50-50, remember the whole Brady, Belichick, who, who's more important? Um, would you say McDaniel's like 75 to his 25, or is it a little closer than that? Because I know all this Tua excitement. I get it. He looks incredible. But I, I just want to spin it forward. Like I, I don't – I just feel like McDaniel may not go the route of, hey, we're going to pay this guy what the Giants paid Daniel Jones because he's going to want more than that. And, I, I, you know, I know you're into gambling. This is less of a gambling topic, but – I'm trying to think spinning forward. What do you see the Dolphins doing and how do you anticipate the the Tua McDaniels breakdown? I think it's closer to 50-50 than it is 70-25. I don't know if McDaniel has had the success he has in the first three weeks of the season if he has someone who can't get the ball out of his hand as quickly as Tua has and if he has someone that hasn't been as accurate as Tua has been through three weeks. So I think that that kind of comes together. I do think that part of this is kind of like San Francisco where it doesn't really matter what quarterback you put into that offense. Shanahan's going to get a lot out of it. And McDaniel has sort of the same offensive roots grounded within the run game. And with so much speed around what Tua is doing, it makes it really easy. There's no question about it. So a lot of quarterbacks who are in like a mediocre system could probably step in here with all the speed skill and brilliant run design and do really, really well. Right. But I think that to his accuracy and how quick he can get the ball out uh, certainly takes this offense to the next level, but there's no doubting that McDaniel week to week is becoming one of the most brilliant game planners that there is league wide. So I I think it's a 50, 50 split more than it is just McDaniel getting to it to a incredible level. I just, I don't know if it was the first thing they did, but once Mahomes got paid, I think one of the first things that happened was Tyreek Hill. Hey, we can't afford you, dude. Um, and this, this team's got Ramsey, Tyreek, Waddle's got to get paid soon. Um, sure. Bradley Chubb, like, I, I don't I don't know about paying Tua, but that's for another week. Uh, let's go to the Browns. Um, I have the Browns as one of the teams that I'm considering this week um, against the Ravens. Divisional matchup can always be a little risky. Um, Ravens are beat up. We know that, the cluster injuries you outlined up top. But uh, this Cleveland Browns offense, can they do anything against Baltimore I mean, Deshaun Watson resting a sore shoulder or throw, sh- sore sh- throwing shoulder or whatever. I-, I was stunned at that, but your thoughts on the game? 
Yeah, disagree with taking the Browns on that side. I'd look at the Ravens getting three points. I think that's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I'd say about this one. The Browns defense looks amazing. Yeah. Think about how good the Dolphins defense is, or Dolphins offense, pardon me, has been through three weeks, right? You have that kind of picture in your head. We just talked about it. If you look at an EPA per play basis, the Browns defense is better than what the Dolphins have done on offense from a per play perspective, if you're using the same metric. So that Mm. puts in perspective how good the Browns defense has been. Now, here's where you kind of start to think about things a little bit. Week one, it was Joe Burrow who's hobbled, and it's a matchup they always struggle against. Week two was Kenny Pickett and a Steelers offense. Nothing but struggle. You want to talk about familiarity? There you go. Two familiar matchups for the Browns against struggling offenses. And then last week was Ryan Tannehill and the Titans offense that can't do anything. They now face Baltimore in this spot. Lamar Jackson has really had to rely on his legs because of all the injuries around him. Todd Munkin has not been able to shift this Ravens offense into what he wants it to be because they're just loaded with injuries. However, we start to see positive news pop up. You have Tyler Linderbaum back at practice, expected to go on Sunday. Ronnie Stanley back at practice, expected to go on Sunday. If those two offensive line guys are up front, the Ravens are finally going to be able to run a little bit of the Todd Munkin offense rather than being stuck with Munkin trying to run the Roman offense and just letting Lamar run around. So not Mm -hmm. only do I think this is a Browns defense that is incredibly good, but playing at a level that's just silly and unsustainable, but now they face a Ravens offense that maybe a little bit discounted for what they've done. This is a game on the look ahead that was Ravens two and a half point favorites. We're now the other side to three, Jason. So I have to look at the Ravens here getting three. I couldn't get there with the Browns. I think that offense for Baltimore looks a lot better. Ooh, well, I didn't realize. I got it. Forgot to. There's so much stuff Huge you got to consume here. Yeah, that is a big sure. move. Five. Yeah. Um. Let's go Patriots Cowboys for a sec. Um. I think I saw something about Zeke Elliott's familiarity. Uh, he tore up our Jets. Uh, by the way, Adam's a Jets fan. Um, we'll get there. Sixteen carries, eighty yards. Um, Zeke revenge game nonsense. And then you had the Belichick gamesmanship by picking up the quarterback from uh, West Virginia Greer, who yep. had been with the Cowboys. And you just wonder what is Bill up to. Um, I don't know. I, I I like the Patriots. I mean, I took them at six and a half, obviously. Or I'm sorry, I took them at seven. It's now six and a half. I don't know if it's as appealing there, seven being a key number. Uh, anything jump out to you in this game? I know people think the sky is falling for McCarthy, but you put McCarthy against Belichick. I'm taking Belichick 10 times out of 10. Right. So you coaching mismatch probably favors the Patriots. The gamesmanship, like you mentioned, I think favors it. My question here, though, and where I would kind of disagree with taking the Pats would be if we're at six and a half for the Cowboys, maybe even the six might show up eventually here with people taking the Pats. Um, Last week for Dallas was just brutal because you lose Trayvon Diggs really late in the week, right? That happened late Thursday, disrupted Friday. You all of a sudden have to go into Arizona and figure out how to reshuffle your entire defense because you take your number one corner out. Gilmore goes over a little bit old in the tooth nowadays. He's a great number two, not a number one. You had the blown coverages. You had guys struggling to communicate. Like It's just a mess for Dallas. And on offense, they get to the red zone five times. They can't get the ball in the end zone. It's just one of those games against Arizona where everything went wrong. In terms of what we're going to get from the Patriots, like I, I still think this Cowboys defense is really, really good. And 
you haven't seen the Patriots been able to get out and build a lead outside of facing the lowly Jets, where they struggled to move the football against the Jets defense that's 20th on the season. And so this offense for New England hasn't been able to get going. I think you see a much better Dallas defense this week than what you saw last week. And I wonder if this game going from Cowboys seven and a half look ahead, opened expense of seven, we're now down through very important number at seven. Like, is it just going too far based on that one game we saw a week ago where it was a bad spot? I, I kind of have to look at Dallas in this one at less than a touchdown. Interesting. Uh, we can wrap up with the Jets. I mean, there's not much to say. I'm sure you'd rather talk about uh, Taylor Swift. Um, listen, <laughs> there's Adam, a lot I know to say. <laughs> people, people think this is all hot takey going with, uh, you know, this this whole angle about, oh, uh, bring in Kirk Cousins. J- Jason wants to bring in Kirk Cousins. And all these people poo-pooing it. I did talk to a salary cap guy yesterday. And like, my gut feeling is behind the scenes. The Jets are acting like, hey, hey, uh, on the outward, hey, we're good with Zach. We're good with Zach. But behind the scenes, they're kind of slow playing this, hoping that they could get the Vikings to eat more of the salary, give up draft picks. Um, I-, I know people aren't keen on bringing in Cousins. I saw a Ryan Tannehill report, like, give me a break. I don't know. What do you, you can't punt a season. You're seeing the sideline fights. Guys are freaking out. We don't even know if Rodgers is coming back next year. Here's what annoys me, and I'll speak as a Jets fan now. Last year, Zach Wilson, with his post-game comments, I'm putting this entirely on Wilson. He throws the defense under the bus multiple times. He yeah. divided that locker room, right? And Robert Salah stood up for the defense, which is his unit as a defensive-minded head coach, the one he's most invested in. He stood up for those guys, benched Zach Wilson, just basically tossed him to the side. After that, there were rumors like, we'll develop him, we'll try and make it work, whatever. This year, he's taken a full 180, and a public 180, saying that Wilson's our guy, we believe in him, we're not going to throw him away. And I think that's what's dividing this team. But as a fan, that's what upsets me so much because you look at the defensive unit and you're like, this is as like could be a top five defense in the NFL. And there was so much optimism preseason. Like, why is Salah taking this 180 now? And I don't know if it's, because everyone else has said no. I don't know if it's a salary thing they haven't been able to make work. But to me, bringing in Trevor Simeon, it doesn't solve anything. Like it, you're not getting, it's going to be better than Wilson because anything's better than Wilson. But like do a little bit better or don't do anything. Like find out another solution. But like going from quarterback 50 of 54 to quarterback 44 of like, what are you up? Like, yeah. I just, it was so disappointing to see it. And I just, I put myself in that defensive side and it's like, what are we doing here? We're just wasting the season. So I I would have taken Tannehill. I would have taken Cousins gladly. Yeah. Either one, if it could have worked. But this just seems like such a waste at this point. So let's say Jets lose on Sunday Night Football Island game. You know, these are magnified. I mean, exponentially. Jets lose 38-13. There's no way he comes back. I know where you're going. There's no, you can't. Right. Okay. So, 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 what happened? Start him again. Okay. I totally agree. But then there's still more primetime games this season. They have like high profile games because of Rodgers. Adam, I I know people think Salah's safe. This idea that they're just going to, oh, they're just going to be okay getting humiliated on national TV multiple times because Aaron Rodgers might come back next year. You know how these billionaires operate. Yeah. I'm sure you talk to plenty of billionaires in the the field you're in, Adam. These guys, they do whatever the hell they want. And this idea that Salah's going to get kept around if they if they win four or five games, 
You think he's getting kept in Joe Douglas, who, who who bricked on Becton and Wilson? You think they're both surviving this? Here's my thing. If Salah would have stayed consistent with the story, if he would have went last year after benching Wilson and kept it as like a, a way off development project, right? And then kind of played this off as he did after week one, where he's like, our season's not over yet. We're going to make it work. Don't write us off and like kept that supported the defense, doubled down on the strength, pushed forward and just kind of played this to where it's a bit of like an unfortunate circumstance with the injury. I think it looks and would be received a lot differently. Mm. My problem is that he's supporting Wilson, not just post week one, but he did it post week two. Mm. He did it post week three. He's he's like doubling and tripling down on Wilson, which we know is not going to last. And if it becomes a situation where, okay, now he switches to Simeon and Simeon struggles, is he going to double down and support that? Like, where does this go? He's almost put himself in this situation by taking that turn instead of supporting the defense, which I think would have played off a lot better. And so Mm. I don't know if he's like at risk to be fired, but I think he's at risk to see this team completely crumble because of how he's presented himself here. Disappointing. Adam Turnoff, Right Angle Sports. Obviously, follow his podcast, Simple Handicap. Uh, Adam, good luck this weekend in gambling. I know you don't need it. You're a big-time pro, uh, but thanks for taking the time, buddy. Can I leave with a prop for the listeners yes. before we go? Because I've kind of waffled on sides and totals. It's tough. A lot of things have move. I haven't really given anything. So uh, can I give something yeah. before we go? Fire away. Uh, Miles Sanders receiving yards over anything better than 19 and a half right now Mm. he's priced around 16 17 you're probably going to get bryce young back under center but also because of how minnesota plays defense brian flores jason this is nuts he's blitzing 63 percent of snaps which is (laughs) like you don't ever see that but he plays his corners way off in coverage preseason you've listened to the podcast you know where i'm going with this he plays everybody off coverage he wants to just Blitz as much as he can, but he doesn't trust his corners to play man. So you have this like all in defensive front, which this week he said he wants more of, believe it or not. But then you have these corners playing way off. So if Young is in under center, Sanders is going to be this outlet guy behind the blitz. And he's going to have a lot of space between these corners. And there's some injuries for Carolina, not only in the secondary, but at linebacker as well. So watch for Miles Sanders receiving yards. Uh, we'll we'll say 20 and a half here for the show as the number, which is, which is better than what's out there, but I'll leave everyone with that. You can look at that for miles Sanders on Sunday. Feels like a lock already. You would, by the way, you had that running back, uh, Kyron Williams over. Yep. That was, he played a hundred percent of snaps, which is in this day and age crazy. And so that play was us saying lots of targets, lots of snaps. If they do that with him much more going (laughs) forward, He'll set NFL records, which he's not built to do. But yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's a, a similar spot with Sanders, um, especially with Young. If Dalton happens to get the the freak start, he'll be just fine as well. So uh, Sanders over receiving yards. Good stuff, Adam. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Enjoy the games this week. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code STRAIGHTFIRE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Great stuff from Adam Chernoff, Right Angle Sports. He's a good follow, and honestly, his podcast every morning is just a quick market overview. Really like it, and you can see where numbers are going. Um, Let's go to best bets here. 
folks, I don't think we can do as well as we did last Sunday. Last Sunday, I'm counting. We had one push. We lost the over on Eagles Bucks. We lost Jacks and then won everything else. Oh, I'm sorry. Lost Cowboys. Hit Bills. Hit the Broncos Dolphins over. Hit Chargers. Hit uh, under on Raiders Steelers. Hit Browns. Hit Pittsburgh. It was a monster weekend. I don't know if we can duplicate that. So here's what we got. I'm on the Colts. Like an idiot, I got minus one. As I look at it now, we're recording this Thursday night. Uh, I see a plus one for the Colts. Uh, overall, not a huge swing there. I, I, I mean, listen, I explained it. If you missed it with Chernoff and you're just fast-forwarding, looking for the best bets. Um, and now it's Pick'em. I'm sorry. It just moved to Pick'em. So, uh, listen, bottom line is it's one, one way or the other, or Pick'em. I like the Colts in this. You can listen to the explanation from Chernoff. Um, we talked in depth about that game. Next up. I have the Saints minus three. Oh, no. Let's see what that's at right now. I got that earlier in the week. Saints are at home against Tampa. Um, it looks like, yeah, it's up to three and a half a lot of places. So the thought process here was short week. Saints defense is really impenetrable. And I know that the people are going to play up the Jameis Winston narrative and Jameis Winston revenge game and Jameis Winston stinks. And um, I'm I just going to remind you guys, the Eagles ran all over Tampa. They ain't fixing that. Tampa Bay secondary banged up Dean and, uh, is it Carlton Davis? Yeah, Dean and Davis both injured. Uh, we'll see what what their status is. But on a short week, divisional opponent, and they're going into the bye week. So this is like, oh man, we're going into a bye. So probably a vacation week <coughs> for Tampa. Tough divisional opponent on short rest. And oh, by the way, you just got run over. Well, guess what? Um, Alvin Kamara's back. Without they don't want they're not going to Dennis uh, Allen's going to call a conservative game here. He's not going to want Winston chucking it 25, 30, 35 times. It's going to be a lot of Taysom Hill, a lot of Kamara. I think ground and pound, low scoring. I would look at the under. I do believe the Saints get the job done here. You know I like the Saints a lot this year. I haven't loved what I've seen. They should have beat the Packers, but I'm uh, I'm I'm confident in Saints minus three. I got the over on Broncos Bears. I'm not going to waste your time. I just think this will be a poop show. Uh, no defense at all from anybody. And Russ has actually put up pretty good numbers, and I think this is the game where Fields probably bounces back. I took the under in Raiders-Chargers. This is just blind. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Raiders. I don't think it's Aiden O'Connell. If it's Brian Hoyer, I'll feel great about this under. Under 50, minus 129. A lot of juice there. I got the Steelers at three. We talked about it with Adam in the in the interview. If you missed it, it's down to two and a half. Listen, I didn't get a great number. I, I, I'm in disagreement with all the sharps and uh, whoever's moving this market. I like the Steelers. Um, I, I, they just think they control the line of scrimmage. I love this setup for them against a young quarterback. And um, I'm riding with Pittsburgh. Um, Cleveland Browns minus two and a half. Another game we talked about. <coughs> I have 49ers minus 14. We talked about that. We got into a little bit of Patriots. As you can see, I'm leading Adam to questions, mostly regarding picks for my games. Uh, Patriots are plus 7, minus 115. That was early in the week. That's long gone. Obviously, 7 a key number. And I talked about this Monday. If you, uh, There's a lot of people. We can see the numbers on the pod, guys. Some people are just tuning in Friday for the best bets. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to listen to the, uh, the the prognosis all week. I'm not going to listen to the analysis, the, pro- the process. I just want to give me the picks. That never usually works well because you're not getting the best number. Uh, Bills, Dolphins, under 54, super risky, almost dumb on my part. Um, some interesting nuggets uh, that I do want to float. I I, uh, I probably won't take the Bills in the contest, but I do like the Bills um, against Miami. Um, I, I know that's not going to be super popular. I get it. I, I mentioned during the interview, Josh Allen 9-1 against Miami. 
Also, keep an eye on his prop for rushing yards. He's averaging in those 10 games 50, I believe it's 52 rushing yards per game against Miami. Now listen, Vic Fangio, different defense. Maybe they, he mixes up the looks, but I think Allen has a good game here. I don't think he's throwing it all over creation and screwing around. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a solid effort from Josh Allen and a win. Uh, I know I said I was going against Lamar. I had somebody uh, text me, Jay, you're going against Lamar again. You went against him um, when you took the Bengals. Lamar, 11-1-1 ATS as an underdog. I'm, I'm just fine. Bring it on. Good luck against the Browns defense. Um Nut, what other numbers do I have here? Um, oh, uh, so I, I think I mentioned this yesterday on the herd. Two teams are playing their third road game in four weeks, the Miami Dolphins and the L.A. Rams. If you noticed, I'm going against both of them. Um, I don't know what is there, but there's something that has to be there, whether it's just sheer exhaustion, especially on the part of the Rams, and we got into that in the interview. I think that stuff matters. I know, Jay, they're flying first class. They're getting massages. What are they worried about? Okay, fine. You, you guys do it. Go for it. Tell me how, tell me how it works. I, I fly, um, I think I flew three Saturdays in a row uh, in the summer. It was a vacation. It was to Charlotte to see uh, the soccer team, uh, Nicoxa. And another weekend, I forget the, what, oh, it might have been going to Vegas to, to sign up for the gambling contest. And I'm just telling you, I was exhausted. And these aren't even long flights. I mean, Charlotte's across the country. Um, actually, Hawaii's a six-hour flight. But the Vegas one's short. Um, and I'm not even playing a football game when I land, you know? And I, I, obviously, I'm not like 25 or whatever. But I just I just know the, the, the travel is going to be a factor and the wear and tear, you know, especially second half. You know, if Rams happen to be up in the first half, I mean, I'll probably jump in at halftime and bet on the Colts. Um I'm trying to look at the uh, any other games. Uh, Vikings-Panthers, I missed the best number on the Vikings. I'm going to consider them in the contest. A lot of that's going to hinge on the Panthers' injury report because so many, they might be down like five starters from week one on the defense. And uh, Minnesota's rolling on offense. I mean, Minnesota can't stop anybody, but uh, I don't know that Bryce Young is an actual upgrade um, from Andy Dalton, at least at this stage in his career. And the final game <coughs> I want to touch on is... Uh, Oh no! Wait, we already did. We we did a little San Fran Arizona. I mean, double digit favorites. You're not going to win long term betting them. I'm sorry. I'm taking San Fran. So um, not as many bets as last weekend. Um, non clarity on the final picks in the gambling contest. Boy, I, I, last I, I've been on a good Thursday streak. I in the opener hit Detroit money line. In week two, I got the push on Vi, on Eagles uh, and Vikings. And in week three, I hit the Niners. So I'm feeling good, and I had Packers, and folks, I mean, that is as gutless of a home performance as you will see on a Thursday night. Now, I know they're banged up, but one last thing as you head into your gambling weekend, offensive line injuries. You saw them mounting for the Packers, and that pocket was just collapsing on Jordan Love. He had no chance in the first quarter. You could tell, like, two drives in, I texted my buddy. I'm like, this is over. Forget it. They can't do anything. And offensive line injuries matter. So, like, I'm, I'm watching the Ravens' offensive line. Significant injuries there. Let's see what's going on. Uh, Colts were missing a guy last week. Gordon Minshew got sacked five times. Like, these offensive line injuries are huge. Um, unless you're Miami, of course, who were missing their left tackle and Jalen Waddle last week, and they put up 70. But I digress. Anyways, that's it for the week. Good luck with the gambling. I'll talk to you Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. 
And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 